Welcome back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson. This week, a short episode just to see you in hell. All right, this week we are celebrating the death of Rudolf Hess, a leading Nazi known uh, essentially actually for deserting the party during World War II. Uh, Hess was born in 1894 in what was then British-occupied Egypt. Specifically, he was born in the city of Alexandria. Uh, He was born to a prominent German businessman family, um, and his experience in Egypt uh, inspired, in his words, um, his love of empire uh, and his hatred of and just like uh, mistrust of people who were not white Europeans. Uh, That was what he got out of his time living in a British colony. Um, His family returned to Germany shortly before World War I, and shortly after World War I, he joined the army. Uh, He was actually present in the German army at numerous famous early battles in the war, including the First Battle of Ypres. Um, He was injured uh, in a subsequent battle, and after his recovery, joined the Air Force um, and trained successfully to be a fighter pilot, but uh, didn't see any action because the war ended uh, before he could be deployed uh, as a fighter pilot. After the war, he joined the Thule Society, T-H-U-L-E, which was an occult anti-Semitic organization, and also joined his local Freikorps. Uh, If you've been a listener to the podcast, you will note uh, the Freikorps are a set of paramilitary organizations operative in Germany between World Wars I and II. Uh, Hess joined the Nazi party extremely early, uh, receiving a very, very low party membership number uh, in 1920, uh, after hearing Hitler speak at a rally. Uh, He was an early and loyal party member. He was one of the main participants in the Beer Hall Putsch, which I've talked about before, uh, Hitler's first attempt at, you know, really seizing power in a military coup. Uh, he was imprisoned along with Hitler and was present as Hitler was dictating Mein Kampf and uh, was one of the people Mein Kampf was dedicated to, also helped edit it after their release from prison. Uh, after their release from prison, uh, has remained at Hitler's side, a very loyal and dedicated Nazi and party member, um, and continued in that position through the seizure of power. Um, after Nazi seizure of power, uh, Hess becomes Hitler's private secretary, uh, and his title is uh, Deputy Führer, um, which is an extremely powerful and very nebulous title that Hitler essentially bestowed upon Hess himself, like personally. Like it wasn't like a title that existed outside of Hess, right? It was just what Hess was. Uh, essentially, Hess was a sort of like leader and first among equals among Nazis who were not Adolf Hitler, um, a major player regarding anything that wasn't the military, essentially. We're talking from education to the economy to party politics to uh, law, jurisprudence, sentencing, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Hess remained a loyal Nazi throughout uh, the early part of Nazi power. Um, However, during the war, uh, he was eventually outmaneuvered in his position uh, by Bormann, who I've talked about in a previous episode. So Hess loses a lot of his power and position within the party uh, because mm, essentially he was pretty individualistic. You know, he didn't really develop a faction for himself. Um, Dissatisfied with how his role in the party was going and also worried about the state of the war, um, Hess attempts to negotiate a separate peace uh, by flying to the United Kingdom in 1940. 
uh, in an effort to talk to the king. Like that was his plan was that he was going to use um, uh, aristocratic context that he had through aviation, uh, through his love of aviation. He was going to use aristocratic context in order to get a private audience with the king um, in order to negotiate a peace. Uh, he thought that this was what Hitler wanted, apparently. Um, obviously, this did not work. Uh, he did successfully fly to the United Kingdom. He flew to Scotland solo, uh, which is pretty impressive, considering that, you know, he was doing that just by sight, essentially. Um, he lands and is captured uh, by the British Home Guard. Um, when Hitler learns about this, you know, betrayal right uh he was furious and immediately calls Mussolini in order to inform Mussolini that this is not real right Hitler's worry is that uh, Mussolini in Japan and other countries will see this like as a real earnest attempt uh, to get a separate peace with the British Empire uh it was not that um and nobody was really confused for all that long um because you know Hess did get some audiences with some you know small time aristocratic folks, but obviously this did not work. You know, he was not able to negotiate a separate peace. He was imprisoned, uh, of course, uh, imprisoned for the remainder of the war. Uh, Hitler denounced him and stripped him of all party power. Um, this was, you know, an extremely public purge of Hess from the party, essentially. Uh, so Hess spent the remainder of the war in prison uh, up until 1946, uh, where he was tried along with the other surviving leading Nazis at the Nuremberg trials, because even though he, you know, bailed on the party uh, during the war, he was also present uh, for a lot of the development of um, the apparatus that would eventually become the the, the, the Holocaust. Uh, he was one of the main architects of uh, some of the initial anti-Semitic purge laws uh, that the Nazi party engaged in. Uh, he was tried and sentenced uh, to a life sentence uh, for his crimes against humanity. He served his life sentence, uh, along with several other leading Nazis, at a prison in West Germany called Spandau. Uh, this prison, you know, contained a bunch of other leading Nazi figures, but they were all either released or dead by 1966, uh, you know, 20 years after his, um, his being sent to this prison. And it was another 21 years that Rudolf Huss spent as the sole prisoner in this prison. Uh, this gets him up into his 90s. Uh, at this point, he is granted some more privileges, you know, access to a garden, uh, a little building by the garden where he could read uh, and it is in that shack in the garden of Spandau prison uh, that Rudolf Hess hangs himself uh, with a power cord from a lamp uh, this week in history, 17th of August, 1987. Uh, the prison was demolished immediately after uh, in order to prevent it from being a shrine to uh, Nazism. So Rudolf Hess, we'll see you in hell. Right, that was 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. If you enjoyed the podcast, uh, please like, share, and subscribe. Leave a review on whatever it is you're listening to this on. Tell a friend, tell a family member, or tell a comrade. 
if you really like the podcast, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism, all one word. Uh, you can also reach me at 15 minutes of fascism at gmail.com. If you've got questions, concerns, or want to argue with me about something, um, serious, earnest arguments only, please. Uh, no trolls. Thanks. Um, all right. I will talk to you next week. Thank you.